You guys, welcome to episode 98 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Gary Busey. How's it going? It's good to hear from you. Um, you guys, we are continuing to inch closer and closer to episode 100, and I am dead body, deceased, the house, boots, mama down, boots house. I just, I can't get over it. I'm so fucking excited, and I wish that I could tell you why I'm excited, but I can't yet, but I will be able to in a couple weeks, and it's gonna be a true celebration. Like, I, I, I'm just so fucking happy. Um, today's episode is not fun. <laughs> it's one of the darker episodes. I know sometimes you guys enjoy those. Nobody dies, but it is very dark. Uh, this is a court-heavy episode. You know, sometimes this podcast turns into a weird, like, court series. Like, there are some episodes where I spend all of my time in a courtroom, um, which is fun. You know what I mean? It's a fun, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to, like, be serious sometimes or whatever. And this is a very, like, serious episode. We're going to be talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, I'm thinking this may conclude my, like, I don't know, obsession with Johnny Johnny Depp. And I'm skipping ahead to this other version of Johnny Depp, which really, I mean, it's easy for me to get lost, much like Tom, much like Tom Cruise. It's very, for, and it's, it's the, I'm speaking for all of us girls. It's very easy for me to get lost in that 90s sort of Johnny Depp, this like, as an aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like sort of a glossy aesthetic, not a real thing, like a, uh, like a, a version of a, a human being, like a Westworld version of Johnny Depp. Um, but nothing snaps you out of that illusion, like talking about current, creepy, alcoholic, drunk Johnny Depp. Like nothing <laughs> knocks you over the head, like having to look at photos of a current Johnny Depp wearing a sideways, like, bowler cap, Bowler cap, you know what I mean, and like nine million scarves with dirty nail beds, and you know, just like old dirty, beat up Lee dungarees. Like this is so not my Johnny. Like this, like Disney era Johnny is so not who I associate myself with, and it really, really is sobering. Um, it really reminds you of how much of a fucking monster he is. Um. So yeah, we're going to be talking about Johnny and Amber. I mean, there's obviously a lot to get to. And, uh, you know, Amber Heard is interesting for me because, and I'll get into it more when we talk about it, but she's not, I wouldn't say that she's a blind spot for me, but she's just somebody that I've never cared about. Like I've never had the desire to learn more about Amber Heard. I've never had the urge to watch an Amber Heard movie and I talk about this a lot in my notes, I'll get back to it, but, like, I've also never even, I've never watched a movie with Amber Heard and thought, like, wow, she was great in that, or I remember her. I just, she just kind of means nothing in my life. And I'm going to be honest with you, even after doing research, it's like, I know a lot more about her and I get her now, but I'm still uninterested. I don't know. We'll talk. Um... So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard started dating in January of 2012, and they were engaged in December of 2013. They separated in May of 2016, and their divorce was finalized a few months later. And this is one of those classic, you know, Hollywood relationships a la, like, uh, 
uh, Brad and Angelina, where it's like two movie stars who met on a set and fell in love, which led to an affair because they were both in relationships, which then leads to them denying their relationship, which is followed by, you know, them coming out and being public about the relationship and a dramatic end. You know, it's really a, a tale as old as time. Um, and obviously we're going to start with Amber. I mean, like I said, I learned a lot about her this week. Um, I just, I don't know if I care still. Maybe I'll read this to you and we'll go through all the things and then I'll care more. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so Amber Heard grew up in Austin, Texas, and she is the true definition of a Texas girl through and through. She grew up a hunter and a fisher and yes, indeed, a horse girl. Uh, her father actually had a side job where he would break horses in and train them. Uh, but his main source of income was as the owner of a construction company. Amber's mother worked as an internet researcher. And Amber was very much that girl who, she's the middle child of three. And she's the girl who, like, her dad wanted a boy. So he just, like, made her a boy. And, like, internally, she was this really girly girl, but, like, wanted to impress her dad. So she learned how to shoot, and she learned how to fish, and she learned how to hunt, and just do all the things that she thought would, like, make her and her dad closer, you know? Um, she also, though, participated in Southern beauty pageantry. She was a part of the Southern beauty pageant circuit. She would travel all over the South and, you know, kiss a smoochie and... You know, when I say that she grew up in Texas, I mean, she, like, fucking grew up as a Texas girl. She was hunting, fishing, rooting, and tooting, and also, at the same time, doing pageants. Like, you couldn't... That's, that screams Texas to me. As somebody who's never been to Texas and only knows Texas as uh, a bunch of stereotypes from TV, like, that's... That is Texas. Um, and I don't know, like, I can just... I can, like, feel it, and I can see it, and I can hear... Like, the toddlers and tiaras announcer, like, announcing her to the stage. Like, I hear it. I see her rooting and tooting. <laughs> I can hear, like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, little Amber. <laughs> her hobbies include horseback riding, uh, fishing and shooting. Her favorite foods are nuggets and ketchup. Their favorite foods were always nuggets dipped in ketchup. Because they were, like, just getting teeth. Uh... <laughs> And whenever she wrestles up with her daddy in the woods, ladies and gentlemen, number 25, Miss Amber. Um, and Amber considered herself to be like an activist, even as a teenager. That's the thing about her that I didn't know that I learned that I thought was actually pretty interesting. That Amber Heard is this like super, super hardcore, no bullshit activist through and through. Like very, you know, she's, she says what she's thinking. She states her mind. But then there's a part of me that feels like, Amber Heard is like, I don't know, like a performative activist, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Again, we'll talk. But in high school, her first sort of like bout with active activism, uh, actually, this was from an interview that she did with Wonderland Magazine, where she tells this story about how she, um, like a same-sex couple at her Texas school, got denied uh, entry to the prom. And she raised hell until the couple was able to get in. And it, you know, allegedly sparked this thing in her to fight for people or whatever. Um, her father had also hired um, 
mostly migrant workers to work under his construction company. So she grew up crossing the border and she said that at a really young age, she had this very strong understanding of her middle-class privilege. Uh, um, after seeing all these like barefoot kids, her age, you know, selling like trinkets on the street. Um, she said, I was born in South central Texas by the accidental geography of miles she says, I didn't have those arms on me, but I saw that they were there. Um, and when Amber turned 16, the future Mrs. Depp truly jumped out. She became this very angsty, depressed, like sort of dipping her toe in goth teenager. Um, actually, one of her best friends died in a car accident, and it just sort of propelled her in this like different version of herself where she denounced God and she became an atheist and... She started obsessively reading all these George Orwell books, and her favorite author became I. Is it Ayn Rand? Ayn, Ayn, A Y N, Ayn, Ayn. It's fine. Um, uh, who is like a you know one of the most profound atheists authors, and uh, this led her to wanting to move somewhere where there were more like-minded people. Um, she had outgrown Texas and had no interest in continuing with pageantry. If you can imagine, um, in the same interview, she said, our educational system is one of the one of the most abhorrent, overlooked, underserved problems we're faced with. She rants, formulaic factory line education is outdated and serves only a tiny slither of people lucky enough to be born with a certain set of mental and physical proclivities at the right age, time and district. Uh, she also spoke about giving her school absolute hell because of the dress code. And that was her first sort of foray into understanding the really true differences between the way a man and a woman will be treated in life just because of how you're born. Um, she said that she couldn't understand why, you know, it was necessary for her dress code to be, a you know, a topic of conversation when the boys could basically wear whatever they wanted. Uh, she said, it seemed inherently unfair to be told I had to dress a certain way. She explains, why is it that, why is it my burden what a boy may be distracted by? Why is it not incumbent on our young men to be taught to behave? I've been a feminist always, ever since I could make any opinion of my own, because I'm a humanist. Uh, and from what I gather, I mean, Amber was the girl who realized really early in life how unimportant most things happening to you during high school actually are. And like for me as a person who thought everything happening to me in high school was the most important thing happening in the entire world, I commend her for being able to see outside of herself at such a young age. Because I feel like kids like that grow up very different. You know what I mean? And it's like becoming, it's almost like becoming jaded at a, at a, because you, when you're a kid, you become jaded at a certain point and you stop believing in, you know, Santa Claus and the fairy tale sort of wears off and like you learn that you have to work and stuff. But you still have this sort of like tinge of childlike naivete, if you will. You know what I mean? You've had to like pay rent. You haven't really had to do anything. You like your job is to like work at a fucking ice cream place or whatever. Like you don't have a real life yet, you know? But then there are people like Amber who grow up jaded at like 14 and become Daria. <laughs> um, in that same interview, she said, 
I did never look around at my social setting and go, I want to be popular in this place. And thank God, traveling from the wrong side of town to school every day, Amber found it hard to make friends. It wasn't from, I wasn't from the same socioeconomic background and I didn't fit in, nor did I see the need or want to. And at 16, Amber packed up her belongings. She waited for her parents to come home and essentially was like, I've dropped out of high school. You can't make me go back. I'll fight you tooth and nail. And I'm moving to New York because I want to be around other depressed people. Um, So she headed to New York. She started homeschooling and she started modeling. From there, she ended up moving to L.A. to pursue an acting career. Um, She made her first, I guess you could say, official acting debut as a sales girl in the OC. Um, She was that she was that young, pretty ingenue that starred on a bunch of like WB shows. Um, You know, she made a bunch of appearances as like the hot girl that puts her hair behind her ear or whatever, bites her lip in a music video. Um, Her first major role came in 2004. She starred in Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton. And this is actually the movie that landed her an agent. Um, She also starred in Drop Dead Sexy, Alpha Dog, which I like to refer to as the movie that turned Justin Timberlake into the pompous dickwad that he is now, and a horror film called Side Effects. Um, I guess you could technically say that Amber Heard's career really started, and she actually became, I guess, like a sex, I guess kind of like a sex symbol. I don't know. I never really heard Amber Heard's name be kicked around a lot back in the day. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I have a bias. I don't know. But Pineapple Express in 2008 was when people really sort of like learned who she was, I guess. Um, She was also in a movie that I actually really like called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Um, It's one of those like sleeper slasher films that gained a lot of recognition via word of mouth. And it's on Netflix. It's really good. If you like slashers. I would suggest watching it. It's indulgent. Eat some chips when you do it. Mazel, whatever. Um, So to get back into this, to me, like one of the most interesting things about Amber Heard, and it could be the reason that I don't, I do have this sort of like lukewarm reaction to her, is that she never really gained any mainstream publicity from the movies she starred in. She wasn't like the breakout star of any film. Uh, even though she was cast in these really big budget movies like Pineapple Express and Zombieland. She was actually in the remake of The Stepfather, a movie that I literally watched four days ago on Stars, and didn't know she was in it until taking notes. I watched the whole movie and I didn't know she was a main cast member until I took notes. I just don't feel anything for her. Um, she's always playing these sort of nameless supporting characters who only exist to progress a storyline. And obviously that's changed in the past few years, but like for a majority of her career, like that was her gig. Um, I literally don't look back on like any of her movies during her rise as a star or whatever and think about her. I don't think about her when I think of Zombieland. I don't think about her when I think of any movie. I forget that she's in every movie she's in. Am I being mean? I just don't get her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I'm also, by the way, another really interesting thing about her. I was very hard pressed to find anything about her on the internet. 
that didn't revolve around her relationship with Johnny Depp. An interview, an expose. You guys know how much I love a Rolling Stone article, a Vanity Fair, um, a New York Post. Like, that's my fucking wheelhouse. That's my gig. That's what I love more than anything. I could barely find anything about her that wasn't just absorbed by Johnny Depp, which is not obviously not her fault. I mean, I feel if anything, that sucks. You know, like you type in Amber Heard's name in Google, you can do it right now. It is Johnny Depp article after Johnny Depp article after Johnny Depp article. She is like, she will forever be attached to him. It'll take her 40 years to get to a place where anybody thinks of her for anything besides Johnny Depp. It's been years now that this has all been going on, which we'll obviously talk about. But like, he is, <laughs> it's just sad. You know what I mean? It, it just, it's, it sucks for her. Um, I was, I mean, I even like, you know, outside of articles about like Aquaman and shit, which I don't care about, I couldn't find anything about her as a person, like who she is. I found things, but you know what I mean? Usually it's like not that hard for me. I mean, I was literally 17 pages in on Google where like nobody goes, where it's just like HTML pages and (laughs) it's like the dark corners of Google that nobody sees where there's like cobwebs. It was, I don't know. It's fucking weird, but I, I, I will get, I found some good things. I do think that I was able to kind of figure out who Amber Heard is, but I still just don't know if I care. Um, There are about 15 random Amber Heard facts that I read on the internet, actually, on all these different websites. It's like the things that all the different media outlets compiled about this girl who is sort of seemingly unknown while also being extremely known. And they are that she is an atheist. She has a lot of tattoos. She was raised in Texas, she's bisexual, she's an activist, and she's very private. Any article you read about Amber Heard, even if you're 19 pages into Google, will state those facts. Like, those are, like, the things that make up who she is as a person. I don't know what compelled me to read Amber Heard to absolute filth today, but, like, I don't know, here we are. Um... So when it comes to Johnny Depp, we are making this massive leap. You know, we've discussed Johnny Depp on this podcast, obviously, a lot. Um, Johnny and Amber met on the set of The Rum Diaries. And I would like to sort of visit this sort of Johnny Depp 2.0 Disney Corporation version of who he is as a person. Right? Like, this is the Disney-owned version of Johnny Depp. And my Johnny Depp is, like, 25 years... Most of For most of us, is, like, 25 years prior, and he's brooding, and he's beautiful, and young, and, and chiseled, and dirty, and grungy, and, like, 25. You know what I mean? I don't get this version of Johnny Depp. I just don't. I, I, I don't understand it. Um... I think that his career choices from 2003 and beyond are just confusing as fuck. Uh, He's always prided himself on being this, like, method actor, this, like, method character actor who chooses these roles, you know, based on characters that speak to him and, you know, being the opposite of somebody who picks characters for money or, I'm sorry, picks um, films for money. 
you know, but like post 2003, like that's who Johnny Depp is. Um, you know, and he also is like somebody who prides himself on like looking back on his career and, and loving the movies that we consider to be bombs. Like he doesn't care because it's Johnny Depp. Because the standards and demands of the film studios don't define him as, as an actor and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's a lot of big talk coming from somebody who's been in 57 Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You know what I mean? And Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the fucking remakes of Alice in Wonderland. Like, that's a really big talk for somebody who is now, like, a corporate puppet, basically. And I guess the thing that confuses me... The most about Johnny Depp, aside from, like, the money thing, is, like, that he chooses these roles, you know, I I mean, like, okay, so throughout his youth, he would choose all these characters that were totally unpredictable and off the wall, and we never knew what Johnny Depp was going to do next, and would he be in a movie where he was, like, beautiful, or would he be in a movie where he was, like, you know, uh, Edward Scissorhands, like, we, you couldn't, Put your, you know, you couldn't like pinpoint what Johnny Depp would do next. You know, from Gilbert Grape to like whatever, Cry Baby. Like he really proved himself to be this like multifaceted, like mega talent. And the older he gets, the more he settles into this like CGI kids movie fantasy where he's in some weird makeup and. You know, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't get it. And it's been a really fucking long time. And, like, that's not to say that I don't fully understand why Disney milked Jack Sparrow for everything they possibly could for as long as they could. Uh, And I also totally understand why he was cast. Like, I remember when Pirates first came out, I was so fucking into it. Especially because he basically played Jack Sparrow as a homosexual. And I was living for that. Um... You know, and he was the sort of, like, edgy whatever that Disney needed at the time very desperately. You know what I mean? And that movie, that first Pirates movie ranked in, like, $700 million or something in the box office. I'm no fool. I'm just saying, like, I get it. But I just don't understand why Johnny Depp, a man who has proven himself to be pretty aware when it comes to his character choices... Even when he, even when we don't understand them, as long as Johnny gets it, like, he's good, you know? Uh, but now he's, like, this person who's chosen to star in 14 CGI films at the same time where he plays this version of the same character with different wigs. I just don't get it. I do not get 2000s Johnny Depp. And, you know, as much as Johnny Depp wants you to believe that he doesn't care about his image and could care less about what you think of him... He couldn't be any more the opposite. This is a man who meticulously crafted this idea in the 90s that he was this, like, you know, bad boy who couldn't stop rocking out on his guitar and over-accessorizing <laughs> with rings and scarves and, and eyeliner and glasses and a bunch of belts, you know, but is also, like, this super shy, sweet, giggly you know, young man who visits children at hospitals, you know, dressed as Jack Sparrow. Um, And ironically, Disney actually hated Johnny from the moment he was cast to play Jack Sparrow. He's had this really long, interesting um, up and down relationship with Disney where they essentially hated each other as they were working together. 
Uh, he was told throughout the filming process that he, uh, that his portrayal of Jack Sparrow was ruining the integrity of the character. He actually did an interview with The Rap where he said, Disney hated me. Uh, they were thinking of every way they could get rid of me to fire me. Oh, we're going to have to subtitle him. We don't understand Captain Jack Sparrow. What's wrong with him? What's wrong with his arms? Is he drunk? Is he mentally fucking stupefied? Is he gay? Is he a homosexual? He added, they asked me, is he gay? And I answered the question over the phone. It was a lady called Nina Jacobson from Disney at the time. And she asked me a couple of questions and then said, what is it, Johnny? Is he supposed to be gay? My tendency, of course, is to be irreverent. So I said, Nina, don't you know all my characters are gay? That was a pretty abrupt end to the conversation. And I just continued shaping Jack the way I believe best. Um... But anyway, that ends my rant about Johnny Depp in the 2000s. Like, I'm not, I'm not like detailing Johnny Depp being cast as Jack Sparrow. Like, I'm not. You can't get me to do that. It's not happening. We're just going to get right into this fucking insane, rocky, crazy relationship. So, Johnny and Amber actually met on the set of The Rum Diaries, as I mentioned before, a novel based on Hunter S. Thompson. And Amber and Johnny actually didn't start dating until, until several years after the film was released. Uh, she told Teen Vogue, working with Johnny on this film was probably the best experience I've ever had. She also told Guest of a Guest, which, like, any celebrity, I am so confused by Guest of a Guest's, like, presence. Because to me, Guest of a Guest was a website that was solely sort of meant to, like, XOXO Gossip Girl events that were happening in New York with, like, socialites. But then you'll hear that... Amber Heard was interviewed on the... I don't know. I don't get it. But I live. She told Guest of a Guest, working with him is everything you'd hope working with Johnny Depp would be. He's absolutely amazing. And as far as his talent and him as a person. What? <laughs> I read that weird. But you know what? I mean, it's important to know also, by the way, that during the filming of this movie in 2009, Amber was in a relationship with a photographer named Tazia Van Rie. Now, you may or may not have heard of their relationship. In the past, like, year or so, it's been in the press because um, Tazia... I don't know if you pronounce her name Tazia, Tazia. I'm just saying Tazia, Tazia. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Um, but she's been pretty vocal about her feelings towards Johnny and their recent sort of, like, back and forth in the press. And according to the interwebs... She and Amber, who at the time had legally changed her last name to Van Rie, uh, got into an argument at a Seattle-Tacoma airport. It's just important that you know this because it came up later. So allegedly, Amber grabbed her girlfriend and then punched her in the arm, which led to an arrest. And the following day, Amber appeared in court, but the prosecutor declined to move forward with the case. Um, she told the judge the case would, uh, or she was told by the judge that the case would have a two-year statute of limitations. Now, Tazia uh, later came out in support of Amber when the reports uh, surfaced later with the shit that was going on with Johnny. And she said, I recount hints of misogynistic attitudes towards us, which also appeared to be homophobic, when they found out that we were domestic partners and not just friends fighting. Uh, charges were quickly dropped and... She was released moments later. They tried to basically use this against her and say that she was also violent towards Johnny. Like, it's a whole thing we'll get into. Um, 
There were also rumors that Johnny and Amber had hooked up while they were filming. So it's alleged that she had cheated on her girlfriend with Johnny and that Johnny had cheated on his wife, Vanessa uh, Paradis. And in June of 2012, uh, directly after Johnny finalized his divorce from Vanessa, these rumors started to circulate that he had already moved on. And, you know, according to Amber, they had technically started dating. They technically hadn't started dating until his press tour for Dark Shadows in 2011. So they maintain that they there was no extramarital bullshit happening, whatever, who really cares. Um, and he and Vanessa were already estranged, blah, blah, blah. So they were photographed exiting a private plane hand-in-hand in, hand in Las Vegas. And it was also reported that Johnny had bought Amber one of the horses that he was using on set for his film The Lone mm-hmm. Ranger. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, You'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week the excitement never ends download june's journey now on your android or ios device or play on pc through facebook games